Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back, Justin Fields making magic happen, there goes Fields, touchdown! The sickest Chicago Bears and fantasy football podcast. It's gonna be sick. One of the very best presenters in all of the UK, it is Darren Fletcher. Of course, he calls Premier League, Champions Leagues for TNT Sports over in the UK. But more importantly for us here, massive Bears fan. How did you become a Bears fan? Easy. 1985. Um, I think I was about 11. Yeah. And it was on the it was on the TV. And the NFL was at its peak then. I mean, it was yeah. so um, popular, more popular than now, even though we've got regular season games. The 85 Bears and McMahon and Peyton and yeah. the 46 defense and the bridge and all that. You couldn't fail to be kind of dragged along by it. Yeah. The NFL was a curiosity at that time, but then this team kind of transcended everything. And it became a big team in general in the UK. Never mind about an NFL team. Yeah. It was a popular team. And you saw posters and pictures of the 85 Bears everywhere. And then, of course, we, we got them to Wembley Stadium in the summer of 86 as world champions. So I got tickets. It was the first time I've been to Wembley Stadium. Oh, wow. To see anything. And we get to see the the, the 85 Bears play there in preseason. Dave Dewison got an early touchdown. The bridge got one. McMahon didn't play very long. Peyton didn't play very long. But I've been hooked ever since. Oh, and our mutual friend, Vernon Kay, yep. also a massive Bears fan, too. We'll have him on the show at some point. Sorry, Vernon, he beat you. So, yeah, <laughs> this is what happens when you actually come to the Super Bowl one of the big storylines for the Bears over the past couple of days is the Hall of Fame induction of Devin Hester and, of course, Steve Mongo McMichael, who is a member of that 85 Bears team. How did you feel last night when you got the news? I thought it was great. And we've not had a great deal to cheer about as Bears fans for yeah. the last couple of years. So to get that piece of news last night, look, Devin Hester was always getting in. Yeah. And Julius Peppers was always getting in. Of course. But for Steve McMichael to get in now was perfect. And I think that just completed the class. And I saw some footage today of, of the number of people at the house with him last night. Yeah. The big screen set up and everybody who he wanted with him, with him. I just thought it was perfect because he epitomized that 85 Bears defense. I mean, we all see the, the snarling Mike Singletary pictures and Richard Dent gets the MVP in the Super Bowl. And we talk about all of that. But his attitude, demeanor, aggressiveness, character in the middle of that defensive line for me was what, was what made that unit. Yeah, you know, and a lot of my love for the Bears stems from my parents and how much they love the Bears. My dad was a huge Mongo McMichael fan. Yeah. Obviously, Walter Payton, number one. Singletary 
was in the mix too, but he always loved Mongo McMichael. And of course he went on to have a great career in professional wrestling and all this stuff. I always love the stories too, that he tells like there, I don't know if you've ever heard this story about one game. They, they must've beat the Packers, him and Dan Hampton decided, you know what? We've got some time. We're going to go out and we're going to go drink all the Packers fans beer. So they go out to the tailgate party. They're pounding beers until they hear the buses start up and they're sprinting to the buses. Ditka sees them, flips them off and tells the bus to take off and they have to find their own way. And even Steve Michael himself talked about like he finished his, he played with the Packers and he's like, yeah, I knew. He's like, I knew I was garbage. I just wanted to go take the Packers' money. Do you know what? I had a great story about him the other day. Dave Wonstead told it, and he said they were in training camp, and there was they got a free night. So they designated one of the bars the coach's bar. Yeah. So Dave Wonstead has said to the team, I don't want to see anybody in the bar. This bar is for the coaches. So when all the coaches walk in, who sat at the bar? But Mongo, Mongo McMichael, McMichael with a beer. <laughs> so when he sees the guys walk in, he said to the guy, down the beer. Said to the guy behind the bar, look after these guys tonight. Played the coach's tab and left. No way. Yeah, in the middle of training camp. And that, that to me, is a team guy. Yeah. That's a team guy. That's the kind of guy that glues a franchise together, keeps keeps that locker room spirit where you need it to be. And I, I just I just thought, yeah, I like it. You want, you want your heroes to be that kind of guy. That You want to be that kind of person. Yeah. And then the most interesting thing was, is when you started to examine the numbers, you're like, he was such an excellent player, like more career sacks than Warren Sapp, that this wasn't just something like, hey, this guy's going through some, like, he was a legitimate candidate and should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. Absolutely right. And, and I think it's only fitting that he's in there now. I mean, I, I, I've seen a lot this morning on the TV today. They were trying to rank the best Super Bowl teams of all time. And for some mad reason, the 85 Bears came in second to the 72 Dolphins. And I'm sitting there thinking, if those two played each other, that would be over by the end of the first quarter. So I was a bit disappointed with that. But that 85 Bears, I've got some nice memorabilia in my office at home. Yeah. I've got some game-worn McMahon cleats. Oh, my god! Which might just be my favorite thing in the whole room. Everything Adidas, stems from that. Adidas high tops with the three stripes. They're fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's funny because my most cherished Bears possession is my dad's old starter jacket. That he got for Christmas in 85. Brilliant. And it was just a great thing. As a matter of fact, the Devin Hester Super Bowl return, people spilled beer on it because I was wearing it uh, in homage to him. Hey, let me tell you this too. So we, we we do a podcast sometimes back in the UK and we persuaded McMahon to come on. Yeah. So we did him via Zoom from his house in Arizona. And I said to him after, do you want paying for this? or whatever? He said, no, just send some beer. So I said, well, what, it used to be Moosehead way back in the day. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's only Coors Light now. He'll only drink Coors Light. <laughs> so I had to find a beer distributor in Arizona that would deliver Coors Light to his to house. house. To his house. Because how else could we get it there? Right. So I had a lovely message back for him saying, the beer's arrived. Anytime you need me, I'm available. So that was good. Oh, was my good. God. What yeah. a great note. I would have sent him. No, that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, what is... Because I walked into a place the other day and they had harp on tip. Oh, it's a nine fine Irish bowl. You're like, oh, you never see that here. Yeah. But I, of course, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta play to him. Play his hits. There you wants go. to hear. Um, Devin Hester, as he said, already getting, getting, uh, getting in. Let's talk about this year's team because obviously another big thing. Once the Super Bowl's over, the spotlight turns to Chicago even more so because of that number one overall pick. I know that we've talked about it, but for the record. What do you think the Bears should do with the number one pick? Listen, I, I would trade Fields if, if they could get a second-round pick for him. I like the idea of that. I think trading the second-round pick for Montez Sweat was huge. If you can yeah. get that back, 
I think it's great because there are holes to fill on the roster. They need a centre. They need an edge rusher. They need another wide receiver. And my view would be that I think we've seen certain aspects of Fields play in the NFL that tells you he can be a starter, that can tells you he can be an adequate starter. But I think when you've got the opportunity to solidify that position for a decade with a person that could be an excellent starter, a top yeah. five player in the league, and you also reset the clock in terms of having to pay the quarterback, that enables you to fill out the roster with skill position players as well. So I don't think it's a difficult decision. If Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels is as good as people say they are, yeah. then I don't think it's a, a difficult thing. And I think the sample size is big enough now with Justin. And the bigger concern I've got is... is I don't think he I don't think he sees NFL open still. Yeah. I think a receiver is open before Justin sees it. And I think the great ones anticipate receivers that's being open. Knock, yeah. I don't think that's a, a good thing for him. Athletically, fantastic. But I, I also think as well that when I kind of see him, I'm not seeing enough progression. And I always know that he's gonna miss two or three, three or four, four or five games a season, just based on the way that he plays. Somebody said to me a long time ago, the best ability is availability. And I think you need your quarterback to be able to play the full season and more often than not. And I think that's always going to be a knock with him too. So I think if Caleb Williams is the, is the transcendent talent that people say he is, why would you pass him up? I mean, if they could redraft again, they would take Mahomes and not Trubisky. Yeah. They could have had CJ Stroud last year. You can't keep whipping on the quarterback. And I think there's this narrative that it's a Chicago thing. I don't think it's a Chicago thing. I just don't think they've had the player in the room to be that guy for a long, long time. If Caleb Williams is that guy, they've got to take the opportunity to do it. The Chiefs are probably going to win the Super Bowl this week with a roster that's not as good as it has been. Yeah. And Mahomes is going to get them over the line. Wouldn't it be great if Chicago had a quarterback, if that is Caleb Williams, who can do that for us? And then we can every year think, well, we're going to win the division. We're going to be a playoff team. When we get there, this guy can get us through whether we're at home or on the road, I think you've got to do it. And I know he's popular. Yeah. And I know that if you did a straw poll in Chicago, I would be in the minority. Yeah. But I, well, the fans feel that. Most fans feel that way. The GM's got to do the right thing. A lot of the GM, like a lot of the player personnel people, and I always talk about Daniel Jeremiah, who works for the NFL Network, is one of the guys that I talk to a lot. And they always say the same thing about resetting the quarterback clock. And you mentioned it earlier, we were doing a bit for uh, BBC. The two teams that are playing in the Super Bowl will show you the contrast of what your decision is like you want because Caleb Williams gets compared to Patrick Mahomes yeah and so you have that side or you have the Brock Purdy let's surround him with a bunch of talent how do you think that's going to work out I mean that I would also like to challenge if, if you sat down with a genuine Bears fan right yeah and you said if you could start next season with Fields or Purdy what would you do based on the sample size based on what you've seen as an NFL player. Forget the fact he's the last pick in the draft. Let's have a look at what's happened, what he's done. And I don't think there's a great deal in it, if I'm honest. I think yeah. you could kind of make a case both ways. Easily. So you're talking about the guy that's the last pick in the draft. You've got the chance to take the but You don't want to be, how can you be, the GM that didn't pick CJ Stroud and yeah. then doesn't pick Caleb Williams if he becomes what we expect him. You can't survive if you're Ryan Poles and you do that. He, he dodged it last year by not taking Bryce Young. Yeah. It's a great trade. But if he doesn't make the trade and draft CJ Stroud, what are the Bears fans saying now? They've got a quarterback. They wouldn't have PJ Moore. Oh, yeah. So it feels right now, doesn't it? Yeah, it still feels okay. feels right now. But you can, you can, you, you would be able to explain it away. 
And regardless yes. of what happens with Caleb Williams, at some point you'd be able to look back and say the process was correct. Like it made sense. Like there was nobody's going to fault you for drafting Caleb. Williams. I also think that it's a good situation for him. I think if you go to the Commanders, which has been spoken. Coast Cliff Kingsbury fine. But they're just ripping the roster apart. Yeah. I look Great at Chicago. Yeah. And all that He's gonna be able to throw to Cole Komet. He can throw to DJ Moore. They're probably gonna draft the receiver relatively high if they get a Dunze at number nine or yeah. Malik Neighbors if they fall. All of a sudden you can have a decent receiving core, the line's getting better. You've got a good running game, that's always been the case in Chicago, and you've got a defense that can help you. So I think for a quarterback now, it's as good a situation. There's a lot of Bears quarterbacks as rookies will ever have, have gone into. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to like work out when someone was in a better situation than this as a rookie. I can't I can't remember it. You know, I'm I in I I support Justin Fields. I've made my 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 feelings on this clear, but I've always also said if they're gonna do the Caleb Williams thing, which is fine, I'll accept it. He'll be my quarterback, uh, our friend. I don't say this when Tyler's on, but I joked. You go, hey, Tyler, go, you're going to make a lot of money with that number 13 jersey. <laughs> Sell it. He, but he also he has the presence of mind to be like, well, I also have to get on his good side. I'm like, yeah, that might be like yeah. a business decision. Like, here, you can just yeah. have this. Just remember when I'm open. Yeah. I'll be wearing eight now or whatever it'll but be. You know as well as I do, a rookie quarterback's best friend is his number one receiver, his offensive line, and his defense. Yes. Right. Which and, the Bears are now starting to put together. But are. I was going to say that if you get Caleb Williams, and let's do what the Texans did last year. Where they traded back up into the top three. Yes. Took Will Anderson. Let's trade up and get Marvin Harris. Get Harrison. Marvin Harris. Like, do it. Like, yeah. all right, sell everything. Then. Yeah, let's, I would. Let's go in. Yeah, I would. And I, I would. I mean, the one thing we don't know, and this is the big intangible, I was listening to, to Tim Hasselbeck this morning and Dan Olofsky on the television, and they were saying that they, they won't be surprised if when this process is over, that Drake May is significantly closer to Caleb Williams in terms of the evaluation that he is now. Yeah. And they made the point this morning, and I didn't know this till today, he committed to Alabama and only went to North Carolina due to family connections. This is not a case of, well, he went to North Carolina because the powerhouses didn't want him. Yeah. He was committed. Saban wanted him at Alabama. So you know the talent's there. He's 6'5", he's 230, he's athletic. He's got a different skill set to Caleb Williams. But I, I just wonder, if, if they did automatically then go, well, I tell you what, we'd take Drake May. And you've got the opportunity to trade back to number two, an additional first-round pick. Still get the quarterback that you want. Williams goes to Washington, let him deal with that. Yeah. The Bears still get their starter for the next 10 years, one that they really like, and they get additional draft capital too. So there is a scenario where they, right. they can do whatever they like. I mean, they should come out of this draft and next year's draft too because they get the additional pick from Carolina. Happen, yeah. Where they should be stopped. And I think when you look at... The personnel group now, when you look at the, the evaluators now, they're drafting well. Yeah. You know, they're, they're hitting on a yeah, lot of players. Thing. Yeah. You think about guys at the end of the draft. Yeah. They've done a really nice job. Of I think so. And they've remade the secondary with good picks. They're getting players coming in the later rounds that are making an impact. So still I've have got, free agency this yeah, year. You know, a lot of salary coverage. We expect like Bojack and Cody Whitehair will probably be released yeah. at some point. But then but you, you sign Jalen Johnson, you've got your yeah. number one corner. I think they've got. If you look at the NFL, I always think you need a great edge rusher. They've got one now in Montez Sweat. You need a shutdown corner. They've got one in Jalen Johnson. You need two good tackles. They've drafted Darnell Wright, who's I thought his, his, his play in year one could be better, but the signs are there that yeah. he's going to be a really good one. I think they were quite similar, his numbers, to Penny Sewell year one in Detroit, yes. which trends well for the future. 
You've got a number one receiver, DJ Moore. You've got a tight end that can stretch the field and be a big part of the passing game. And you run the ball well. So the key areas, those key bits, though, the shutdown corner, the edge rusher, you've got them. Yeah. They're in a situation where they've got most of it. So come on, let's do the right thing. Let's kick it on. I think this could be a perennial playoff team for a long time. And I think all the questions that people have about Ryan Poles right now and Kevin Warren, etc., they can answer that through this draft. So they should yeah. come out the other side now with a starting quarterback. And either another wide receiver, a left tackle, Dottie, yeah. or an edge rusher that's going to make a massive impact on the group. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a great time to be a fan of the Chicago yeah. Bears. I think everything's trending up. Starting this week with Hester, Monka McMichael, of course, Julius Peppers. And the by the way, I was in the stadium week one, Green Bay, this season, and I couldn't foresee the positivity I'd have now compared to it's what insane. I saw that day. That Crazy. was a terrible day. Yeah, and it, it got a- better over the year. Yeah, and that was the thing, but... But we talked about this too. Like they were good at like beating the teams they should beat. Yeah. We still have to get over the hump. I'd have changed the coach, by the way. Yeah. I'd have changed the head coach. I think Would you? I think that the big they area. They love him. They love him. I so know. Much. I I changed the coach. I just think you've got to go. If you're gonna if you're gonna draft a quarterback one, you've got to pair the coach and the quarterback together. I would think so. I like Waldron. I like Waldron coming in. Sean McVay tree. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like Thomas Brown coming in to do what he's doing on the offensive side as well. That's all good. Just not sure about the coach, but listen, if they get the playoffs next year, if we're, if we're good, then fine. Can you do improve? We'll see. Yeah, he's learning. You like him? I do. Yeah, I do because the players like him so much. Okay. That was one of the things. Is like the team never quit. No, you know, you never got into a situation where you're like the team looks like they're revolting. There was no finger pointing on either side of the ball. Do you know what I did think though? He's the, he's the only coach in the NFL who could have had to dismiss so many members of staff, and it never really landed on his doorstep. I'm, I'm sat there and excited. I listen to all this stuff. When I walk the dog, this is yeah. this is this is Bears podcast time. Yeah. So this is why every day I'm out there in the fields with the dogs, and they get a walk depending on how good the podcasts are. So there's loads of stuff to talk about. We're out there for hours. So I'm kind of walking through. Them. I'm thinking if, if this guy was managing in the Premier League, yeah. and he kept having to sack his staff, he'd have to go at the end of the year. Yeah, that was. You, he's, how he's, are you not responding? He's like a mafia boss from years ago. A it's bit. not me. It's them. So Def, like, Deflon Don over there <laughs> of Chicago. Oh, that's great stuff. But listen, Darren, uh, I want to thank you. I'm glad we were able to do this, and I'm glad I got a chance to, to work with you. Uh, we we talked to Flavor Flav on Radio Row. We did. Row. We did. Yeah, time. we did. And now you got a bit of shopping to go do. I'm going to go and damage the NFL experience store. And I'm told there's a great little shopping mall just down by Caesar's Palace. I'm going yeah. to go take a look down there. And I'm just going to enjoy the whole Las Vegas thing. It's great to actually come on and talk about my team, the Bears. Yeah. I apologize for anybody in the U.S. who's thinking the English guy knows nothing. He knows a lot. No, this, this is, is just what I've gleaned from walking the dog, listening to podcasts and things like that. We're going to do this again. So uh, <laughs> we'll be in touch. So uh, don't be a stranger. We'll have you on sometime either before or after pleasure. the draft. Darren, thank Alexander. you very much. Hey, everybody. I am here with the fan of the year. I've long said, and I saw Annie yesterday. Yeah. I said, there's three Packers fans I like. Her, you, and Aaron Nagler. And that's it. <laughs> that's the list. Uh, we could not be more thrilled for you. Congratulations, you, buddy. What has this experience been like? I mean, just this is a whole whirlwind of a thing. I mean, I was supposed to – this is my first Super Bowl. This is my first radio row. It took me nine years to get here. Yeah. You know, and shout out St. Jude because they were the ones who were able to hook me up with this. Um and it's just been surreal, like on a different planet. And then last night was just 
last night, like I'm in the green room and Deion Sanders there, Justin Jefferson is did there. He, did like, they talk to you? Or the pro, like they're talking to themselves. I'm yeah. just like, I am not That's even okay. gonna, Yeah, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm just going to observe and just be here. And like as a guy, like pretty similar to this table, you know, nine years ago, just with a folding table in my basement and now we're here. It's just, it's a lot of gratitude. You know, obviously, you know that I'm a huge fan of your work and I love what you do. So it was, it was a thrill for me to see you up there. You gave the award for what, Coach of the Year? Yeah. And your boy botched the name. So, all right, I can give you some of the depth. That was what happened. Uh, so the thing was, so I got called into rehearsal on Wednesday, okay. and it was just like, and Justin wasn't there, so like I'm sure he's doing actor things. So goes and basically goes, all right, like this is the stand-in, what have you. You're just gonna walk in. You got one line. I got this script that day. And it's just one line, and it's I hate the Vikings, or I do hate the Vikings, which is like perfect. No notes. That was incredible. <laughs> and so I'm standing up there. I do it. Great, wonderful. And then I get there, and I don't see Justin anywhere. Like yesterday, and I was like, okay, waiting in the green room. He's not there. I get ushered up, and I was like, is he here? He comes in, and then he goes, all right, do you have the script? And I was like. Uh, I like pull it up on my phone. I pull it. I show it to him. I'm like, here you go. Like, this is the thing. This is your life. There's a teleprompter right there. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. We hit the tablet and like, there. Yeah, don't push the off button. That's the worst thing you do. I'm like, there's a tablet. I won't. Don't worry. He's like, you swipe up and you swipe down. That's it. Up, down. I was like, I got it. So we get out there. I'm ready to go. I'm a little nervous, of course. There's, you know, there's millions of people on live TV. And I'm like, all right. As long as I don't mess it up, we're great, right? Max Crosby introduces us. Botches it, and I was like. Okay, wasn't me. We're good. So even if I do mess up, yeah. we're okay, right? I get out there, it goes well, and we saw who won because like we saw it right backstage, you know, and that's right. it. And I kept telling him, I was like, it's Kevin Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski, like because he's a bear Yeah. So I was like, okay. So we get on there, and then he just goes, Steven Stefanski, and just like my instinctual teachers went, it's Kevin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just- that was such, it was a fun moment where I almost I was gonna ask. That, so that was not scripted. No, it was not. It's I mean, a, it, does, it does suck for Kevin. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the best part is... Well, he so, won an award. He's fine. He's fine. And he also has a cousin, Steve, and he talked about that. He's yeah. just like, I was getting calls about that. But the best part about it is Justin, the actor, like, he was, like, best known for This Is Us. Yeah. His name on the show was Kevin. So it's just, like, this perfect, like, that's that's phenomenal. Unbelievable. But, and uh, but it was a cute moment. I yeah. love the way that you did that. Like, it's... It's Kevin. Kevin. Like, because I'm just like, come on, man. It's like, it's a bit. Well, I, and I got to go back a couple of weeks, a couple months ago when you started, hey, I'm selected for this. I thought it was a bit. Yeah. For the law. I'm like, holy, I was like, holy, is this for real? Yeah. Like, what did you think when they first reached out? You're like, who's, I would have hoped you would have thought it was me playing a joke on you. So, something like that. So, what wound up happening is during 30 and 30, people started mentioning the Fan of the Year program. And I got to be very honest, like, I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. So I was like, okay, because I just hadn't heard of it before. So I said, all right. So what wound up happening ultimately was I didn't nominate myself because I'm not a narcissist. Oh. No, but I got a call and they actually left a voicemail and they're like, hey, you know, this is Haley from the Packers. And I was like, okay. Oh. And I wind up calling them back and they don't answer. And I was like, okay. Then I get in touch with them and they're like, yeah, like, you're our fan of the year. And it was just a, wait, really? Like, yeah. like really, really? And they're like, yeah. And, and you call Perna and you're like, did you? What are you so, doing? You know what the best part is? Is I called Perna and are we allowed to curse on here now? Do it. Okay. Is the mic on? You're, the mic's on. It's, it didn't look we like it. here. Holy shit. Okay, fine. Yeah, okay. We, we, got now, we broke it. Now we're flew. We broke it. So um, I called Perna. He was one of the first people I called. And he's like, well, you're going to fucking win it. 
Yeah. And I was like, well, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I, like I'm just legitimately like it's like they ask. I'm just happy to be nominated. But if yeah. it was, you know, representing my team and stuff, and he goes, no, you're gonna fucking win. And I was like, all right, we'll see. So then, here we are. It's just an amazing whirlwind. So uh, after honors, now you're sitting there, you're hobnobbing with Dion and Justin Jefferson. What As I stand in a corner. <laughs> what do you do? I, I mean, like, do they? I've been in those situations. Like I remember yeah. when I first started with the NFL Network. Like you did not get involved in their in their conversations or anything like that. You did not you not speak until you were spoken to. Yeah. A lot of that vibe going on. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a matter of respect, right? Like you have like Deion Sanders going up to Justin Jefferson and talking about their play, and I'm like, yeah. what am I going what to offer that conversation of just like, hey man, I'm not a professional athlete, but I talk about you guys a lot, and it's just like more of taking in the moment of like I'm here. Yeah. Right. And like, this is an incredible, like, just kind of take it all in right now. And it, it was awesome. It I meant to was. give you notes before you went. And I, I was going to tell you, act like you're too big for them. Yeah. Right. Like, you don't like, even, like, who, is, who is this guy? Like, yeah. it's Dion. <laughs> like, and you're young looking enough that you could be like, did you play in the NFL? Like, Dion, like, yeah. oh, you're a player? <laughs> I had no idea. Like, having that kind of, like, that's the way, like, whenever I have somebody new who starts at the NFL, I'm yeah. Like, Act like you've never seen the players play because they love that. Yeah. Like Kurt Warner, like, oh, did you play? Like, oh, that kind of. Oh, did you have that movie about you? <laughs> you're in the. So that was a true story? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just. Go like, to Sean Payne and be like, nah, Paul, Paul Bart, that's how that's I know. Like, yeah, it was uh, Kevin James. Like, you and Kevin James look identical. Just say, I thought you're brothers. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of I wanted to be incredibly respectful and also yeah, just be like, yeah, man, like, I'm just going to. I'm going to just enjoy this because who knows if this is ever going to happen again. Did you walk the red carpet? I missed that part. So it was, so there I, there was two red carpets and there was one behind the hedges and then there was the actual red carpet. I was behind the hedges, <laughs> and which like is probably very, the right move. We're very happy for you to be here, but you don't get to talk to Kevin you're Fraser. Not, no, you're, you're mingling. And it's, it's crazy because event, unless you're like VIP, VIP, like they all just congregate in the same area. Like there yeah. was hundreds of people just like, like crammed into there. And like, you're just like bumping shoulder like Derwin James. Yeah. You're just like, oh, okay. Like Hello, that, sir. that's cool. Yeah. Just like, hey, good to see you. There were some players that wound up coming up after the honors and like shaking hands and being like, congratulations. Oh, and no stuff. I saw Mark Murphy, which was awesome because, you know, Mark and I go way back. I've been interviewing him since 2016. So I actually, when I was on the stage, I like, I didn't know he was there. And I, I caught eyes with him. And I was like, oh man, like that's, that's a cool moment. That's pretty cool. And, I know the Packers organization, like, they really love this kind of stuff to the point where they don't like me, yeah. which is cool. Like, I, we play into the bit. Like, sure, it's fine. you have to. I know that for them, that had to be really special. Because, like you said, you have that relationship with Mark Murphy, yeah. and it's a community-based team. And so for you to go out there and win it, like, that's a huge deal. What did you do afterwards? Like, what was – what was, did you go out partying? Did you – were you exhausted? Oh, I mean, I've been exhausted since I've gotten here. But then again, I've been exhausted since 2019. So it's a matter – like, last night – I, uh, I had the moment, like, we, we said hi and, you know, kind of said hi to some players and stuff. And then hopped on a bus. Um, and then we went out. We just wound up, like, going to Vegas. This is my second time in Vegas. And the first time I was here was for 30 and 30 for 16 hours. Yeah. You know, so we went out to, like, a bar and just had a couple of drinks and then came back. And now we're here today. So I was like, I got to work tomorrow. What was, what was your idea? Now, you started this nine years ago, like yeah. nearly a decade ago. When you think about that time, put yourself in that mind space. Like, what was your whole thing? Like, this is what I want out of this. Like, I'm going to start a, a Packers podcast. Yeah. Like, wh- like, what do you want out? Like, what did you? What was your ideal scenario of like? This is what I want out of this. I mean, that's the thing, and I try to explain that to people because I'm sure you have this too, right? People come, they're like, "How do I get into this? How yeah. do I start this?" Because they see where you're at now, and they're just like, "I." The amount of people are like, "I want to make extra money." 
and I'm going to go into yeah. this. And I was like, you are in the wrong you're never gonna, profession. That's not going to never work that way. So it was one of those things because I made the first video after the Packers lost to the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. And that went back in 2015. That was like viral. It got like 60,000 views. And that was for, and I was a full-time teacher. So I said, okay, I'll do a podcast. I didn't put it on YouTube because I would have been smart. And I just did it two times a week. That was it. I did a Tuesday to recap the game. And I did a Thursday interviewing opposing fans, which, by the way, I actually had a fan seven years ago reach out to me a Falcons fan because I used to go on Reddit and just ask for Falcons fans or ask where we were going to play and I was just bringing on regular fans and just talking to them and he actually texted me today because I gave him all my number back then of course. to talk to him and uh, yeah they were just like I'm so proud of you so that was just a really cool moment but it was just something I did out of love and I, I tell this story all the time it took me three years to make 200 bucks yeah. you know and I just did it and as I just do I, I loved it more and more while teaching and I just really had no aspirations. You know, I got that first interview with Mark Murphy and I was like, this is it. Like I'm eat. Yeah. I'm done. You know, I, I was standing, I was sitting in the hallway. I'll never forget this. And Mike McCarthy's walking past me. And I'm just like, just gotta pretend we've been there before. Just gotta pretend. Good morning, coach. Yep, that's it. Good morning. I'm like, okay. And I saw Dom Capers walk by. Wasn't as enthusiastic as a good morning because yeah. you know, their defense wasn't that good. But it was just I talked to Mark Murphy and I go, that's it. I'm done. Like, this was amazing. I've gotten everything that I want out of this because I'm just a fan of the team, right? Yeah. And I love talking football and I love talking about the Packers. And for it to, like, go to this, just each year getting bigger and bigger, 2018, NBC reaching out and just being like, hey, we want to film something for Sunday Night Football. Can we come to your house the day after Thanksgiving? And I was like, that one, I was like, this is not real. Like, so no one's going to show up to my house or it's going to be, like, Adam Rank is going to show up to my house. <laughs> But that was, like, I got to talk to people like you. I got to talk to people, like, throughout this community who, like, I watched and showed in this industry. And I was like, wow, the fact that I could share a space with these guys is crazy. And it just kept getting larger and larger. And I just kept putting more and more time and effort into it and just working nonstop. And, you know, 100-hour weeks between teaching and this. And now I'm, I'm at the Super Bowl, man. Unbelievable. Uh, you're going to the game? Yeah. Do you root against the 49ers? Absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I'm sort of yeah. It's it's one of those things that I know nobody wants the Chiefs to win except Chiefs fans and Taylor Swift fans. But it's kind of if I can't be happy, I don't want anybody to be. Yeah. Like when the Giants beat us, like this true story. When the Giants beat us and they were going up against the undefeated Patriots, like go Pats, go Pats, go Pats, go Pats. No I don't even other. care. I was like everyone be miserable. It's fine. See? That's and an I, NFC North thing too because like you know because that's a Super Bowl. Too. When the Packers get eliminated, you're just like popping open the champagne. You're like, you are. You were one step ahead of us. Like you, you, your Packers are the 49ers. Yes. Like, but you hate like you literally and like growing up in the '80s, I hated the 49ers. Yeah. And I hated the team that played in Washington. I don't know how to refer to them. Yeah. <laughs> the but Washington team. They were the Washington team. Hated those teams because that's who would beat us. Yeah. In the playoffs. And like I, I didn't. I didn't hate the Giants. Like, no. We spoke. I saw. Side note, I saw Carl Banks here. Okay. Walking around. And I remember one time I asked him, I'm like, hey, do you ever feel, or maybe it was Harry Carson, who I asked one time, like, do you ever feel like your 86 Super Bowl really didn't count because you didn't meet the Bears? It's like, no, we didn't care. Yeah. Um, well, this is great. I'm really proud of you, obviously. You, what do we do? What, what's next? Like, so now after, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. We're going to have a great yeah. time. You're going to go home. You're going to have some time to reflect. I'm hopping on the red eye after the Super Bowl to get home and work. Like, what do you, like, you just, are you more motivated? to do more stuff or are you like hey i just want to take a couple of weeks out and chill out it's one of those things that the fact because this back this is 2015 i think i told you this story there was a guy who came on the show and i you always have to plug stuff right because they're your guests and they said and this i was on a teacher salary i was making no money and they just they didn't have any social media they just promoted a charity that gave assistance dogs to veterans who were wounded 
And I said, okay, like I, I got together $50 and donating. So like, that's the right thing to do. And if yeah. I ever get a platform, I'm giving back. Like that's how it's going to be. And it's been $720,000 the past like three years that we've donated to a bunch of different charities. I think going to the St. Jude dinner uh, Wednesday night and just talking about the work that they're doing and just like talking to all these charities. There's a charity here that's amazing that helps uh, underprivileged youth. That's incredible. It's just like, I want to raise money for them. Like I just want to, like I have an insane platform that I'm so grateful for, but like I work really hard for it. We do Friday night Q and A's. Like people have met me during here. They're like, wait, you're just like the same dude. I'm like, I'm a dude. Like that's it. Like I'm just a dude. I'm a dude who loves football and loves the Packers. That's it. And to be able to use that and raise half a million dollars in 30 days, like that's the kind of stuff I want to do and just keep growing and keep getting like bigger and bigger to do and give that more. Yeah. And that's it, man. It's such a great, uh, a great testament to you and everything you do. And I know that we talked earlier in the week and you're like, and I knew you were going to win. Like I I felt like, like Perna did, you were going to win. I'm like, there was just no other, like it just made too much sense. And I know that you were setting up 30 for 30. We had talked to. Yeah. I talked to you. Yeah. I mean, like, like, Hey, I I can help you out with so high and things like that. I I mean, I, you were one of the people I reached out to and was like, man, like I got this crazy idea. idea. I I got this crazy idea idea in the shower and like, look what it took. Like, that's why I'm here. You know, it's part of the story, but it's not the story in terms of just like the commitment to giving back and do it like that's what it is. Like, it's just it's not a front. It's not a oh, like, let's just get publicity. I mean, we call it chaotic good. I didn't tell St. Jude. St. Jude found out because I jumped through a table and they're like, are you hurting yourself for money? Like they reached out. and They're like, who are you? Like, and that we do every charity. We don't tell them. And because like, I don't want the recognition, like, and to have any recognition, that's why I said to get nominated. I was like, this is so special. It's for the fans because they're the ones who nominated me. They're the ones who donated. Yeah. You know, like I was just the idiot who went to 30 stadiums and like, you know, sacrificed my body and mind to do so, but that's fine. And now this is like, I'm up there because of them, you know? Yeah. And like, that's just, well, really I mean, but it's also because like you connect the people. Yeah. Like again, like joking about the, Packers fans who I enjoy, but it's like yeah. it goes beyond that because like you're just a fan of the sport that I'm yeah. a fan of, and I think other fans of other fan bases see that, and it's not like it's just a pack. Like I don't even think of it now as like a Packers, thing. Yeah. especially the stuff that you do with Brandon. Like it's just really good. It's just really great football content, and it's uh, and it's an amazing uh, to see you reach this level. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I mean, like it's I try to get the pulse of every fan base, and I work really hard. I read subreddits, message boards, social yeah. media, just to, because when I'm reenacting them as a 49ers fan, as a Bears, I want to get it right. Because, yeah. like, you have Titans fans who go, we don't get any coverage. So, like, the fact we're in one of your skits, I really appreciate it because, yeah. like, at least get it right. And I like to think I do. Yeah, you do a great job. I uh, once again, it. I'm going to tell you, I, I could not be more proud of you, not only for this, but for all the work that you do, all the money that you raise. You are somebody uh, that people should be aspiring to be. You are, you're the... Uh, personification of somebody who comes up and I've had these conversations with people for years. Like, how do I, like you were saying before, like, how do I, you've got to do it, do it. There's there's no, there's no substitute for doing it. And you showed us how to do the right way. So I appreciate it. I love you so much. Keep going. Uh, The great Tom Grassi, the fan of the year. We could not be more thrilled for him. Uh, Thank you so much for, for stopping by. And we both say go Chiefs. This is one of the great things about the Super Bowl is that you get to meet people kind of outside of the interest, outside of the industry. And Dr. Oz, so great to have you here. What's going on? What brings you to the Super Bowl? Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, we've got a, a foundation called Health Corps. Think about the Peace Corps. Same basic concept. Yeah, you get these college grads instead of putting them in Botswana with the Peace Corps, build names. You put them in high schools around America. Started 20 years ago, raised about 80 million dollars. 
We're all over the country. It's a very affordable way of getting young people to get mentored. Because yeah. I got a secret for you. And I was on the President's Council for Sports, Fitness, and Nutrition. So I know this to be the case. We do not have enough coaches in America. Yeah. The mentoring that I got when I was in high school and Al got, you know, you couldn't, I don't think, get where you got in many instances if you didn't have good coaching, either from an athletic person or band teacher, theater, doesn't matter. Someone older than you, wasn't your parents, gave you some advice. Yeah. And so we put these kids out there and they do just that. It really helps us when we have professional athletes come in there and say, guys, look at me. I mean, I live, I'm living it. Yeah. I was the best shit in my life. I'm retired. Here are the things that I've learned. Here I'm going to share with you. That's why Al, who's in Tennessee, can do it. He leads the NFL alumni chapter. They're our partners. Yeah. Uh, he, he leads the chapter in Tennessee. And I, I just just share, what, how does it impact the young person when they hear you? You look like a, a, you know, a truck. <laughs> Still, I would tell them something about life. Well, anytime, you you know, as a former athlete, because, you know, they idolize, obviously, you yeah. know, some athletes or what have you. And what, what you say, they, you know, they take to heart. And what you, you want to give a positive message and be able to continue to, you know, fill, fulfill and give uh, great information into their lives to be able to take it forward and, and take it on, on later in life. So anytime you can kind of touch, you know, touch the youth. And that's one of, the, one of our missions with NFL alumni, you know, care for our own, caring for kids and caring for communities. Obviously, the kids are part of the community, and kids are kids, and they go to the next level and give us the opportunity to really test their lives. And this is something that's very important to me because anybody who knows, who watches this podcast, knows that I talk way too much about my kids' soccer teams because <laughs> I love coaching it, even during the NFL season. You know, I made a decision this year of, like, I know that it's very busy, but I was still going to coach my daughter's 10U team. My son's starting 6U soccer, so the importance of having that kind of mentor. Do you think, because, like, I remember, so this year, this is a dumb story. I'm going to make you listen to it. Uh, my daughter's team won. The uh, We won our league. We won the tournament. Oh, I love that. I reached out to my friend who I hadn't talked to in a while. But I remembered his dad was our basketball coach growing up and having a coach who inspired, who still to this day inspires me. Is there somebody like in your life that you think back when you were a young kid that still that you think about to this day? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, of, you know, like parents or friends of parents or whatever the case may be. There's, a, there's always a mentor. I, you know, I had an older brother, uh, was a couple of years older than me. Uh, he's a great student athlete, uh, emphasis on student, and, and was able to see both sides of it. Because a lot of times as an athlete, you focus just on being an athlete, but there's that student aspect to it as well. As with a lot of kids, you want to make sure you take care of your academics and you're doing well in school, and that transcends, you know, transcends even beyond the athletic field and give you the opportunity to be successful. You can be successful in both. There's no rule, no law that says that you can't be a successful student and a successful athlete. 100%. And being able to have both and knowing that kids can attain both as opposed to just, you know, leaning on one, you know, one thing just because of the fact that, you know, you like, you know, we all like sports as young right. people, but, you know, school sometimes can be secondary, <laughs> you know, with having fun. But, but you can have fun with both, and they can coexist at the same time. And it's important, too, to have – and I know, like, coaching my own children, like, my kids don't listen to me. But, like, the other kids do. <laughs> so it's important. But it's important. Like, like you can – not well, only are you reaching your kids. You yeah. say that, but I, it's fascinating to actually look at the data on this. They actually hear you. <laughs> the kids, they don't say it. They'll, they will reject it in the moment. But as they get older and they begin to mimic you, they'll become like you. And they don't yeah. treat themselves – the way that you treat them, they'll treat themselves the way you treat yourself. Yeah. So when you're taking to care of yourself or dealing with the issues in your life, they learn that. Your daughter, for example, in soccer, someone probably told their coach, "Don't run to the ball, run away from the ball to get open." Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's tactics. That's, that's our spread the field. Spread the field. But that's that's basic tactics. That's one on one. But then 
when it doesn't work, what do you do? And how do you adjust? And we're all it, about the process. Exactly. <laughs> and that and that's important because when you actually look at why it's the, you know, the approach matters more because if you fail in that one game, there's going to be a game tomorrow. Yeah. But if you didn't actually take care of everybody well in that game, they're not going to play tomorrow. Yeah. And that's the bigger lesson of life. You don't show up in life, eventually people won't show up for you. And you made the point as far as like sometimes the kids don't listen. Not just your kid, all of our kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't listen. But, but the thing about it is putting them in front of someone, even though you and I are friends or whatever. If I know your kids or whatever, they may not listen to you. And I can say the same thing that you said. They'll listen to me. 100%. But, but as long as they oh, get yeah. the message, but having them around people, that they, they might not hear your message, but but if you're around somebody and have them around people that are giving the same message that you would give, as yeah. long as they get the message, as as it's a key. It. So the question is, how do you do it? So in order to get these to scale this up, you got to help parents and you got to have schools. So what having the NFL alumni involved with Health Corps allows us to do is to make that impact, especially in underserved areas. And I'll be very transparent. You got to raise money to do these things. So we do. And the NFL alumni have been great about this. They partnered with a company called iHerb. Uh, which, and I heard gives a lot of money to Health Corps, our kids' foundation. But they're also, thanks to the NFL alumni, giving a 15% discount to every person listening now. And here's the request of you. Go to iHerb.com, buy whatever you want. Healthy food, it's all healthy stuff on it. Healthy yeah. dog food, infant formula, you know, uh, chocolate bars, supplements, whatever you want to. But put in NFL alumni when you go there. Because you get 15% off and the money, the extra money goes to the NFL Alumni Association to fund their efforts. That's how we're going to make sure that everybody in America who needs these these programs yeah. can get them. It's very important. And yeah. And why once you get into coaching, like it just, you can't get it out of your, I bore people with this. I was there. It's fun. I'm going to make you watch. There's a coach there. No, no I'm going to make you look at this. This is coming out. This is coming And here we are in Rome over the summer. And there you are in and No, no, no. Here she's water skiing. This is, uh, I, love this I love this. There I love Oh, there's a picture of us. That was a picture of us. With the, with, the, with the trophy. Yeah, we took the first. Look at this. Look at this. Uh oh. Oh, gosh. And I'm dressed like Mikel Arteta. Because, yes, exactly. Uh, Why is that? Why? I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan. <laughs> oh, come on. So I got to do that. See? So there it was. There's, the nothing, come, there's nothing like it. Like, it is really like, I'm so glad that I did it. And I was on the fence for a while because my kids signed up for soccer. I'm like, I'll just be a referee yeah. and not have to worry about it. And I'll do it once. But then I got no, hooked, hooked in. <laughs> but I'm hooked in. And so how did you deal it. with the parents who might not have liked the way you talked about something that happened? We, I just tell them to sit down. I had a coach, like a, my assistant coach, and he knows this. And I tell him all the time, like, time, there are times, like, go sit down. Don't talk to Because I don't like negative words. Like, when you're, especially at a 10U level, like, we're all about the process. Because something happens, you know, and kids miss a goal or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, no rain running down the field and be listen, 100 times out of 100, you made the correct play. It's going to go in eventually. Who cares? Get back, play defense, do that stuff. And then I make them watch professionals. And I'm like, Saka is missing goal. Like, it's it's a very difficult Messi thing to do. Goals. They miss goals. Yeah. Like, it happens. Like, you're okay. As long as the process is good. And the one thing that you never want to do is you never want to question their effort. And if they're out there trying, playing their best, there's nothing more I can ask for. That's all you can ask for. Yeah. And it shows up. Really That's why I think we underestimate the importance of sports. Uh, yeah. Youth. So I, I I played in college, not obviously at his level, but my son had a chance to play. And we had, you know, there was always a big debate about you let your kids play you know, contact sports. Yeah. And I I thought he should play. And he did play because I thought I learned so much through the process. Even though there were risks that I get hurt, they got hurt too. It was worth it. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the bigger messages. You're gonna not just fall in, in but you're gonna fall break things sometimes. Yeah. And so as long as you're thoughtful about it and the process works, you're gonna get so much out of that that it'll, it'll you'll be a better person as you get older. 
yeah. you know, the attributes, the attributes you learn from sports, you know, whether it be, you know, teamwork, courage, uh, adversity, overcoming adversity, uh, all, all those type, uh, type of things, character, all, you know, all those type of things that they can transcend into life, you know, in business or whatever they go into beyond that. So that's why sports are so important, you know, for kids to be able to, to learn that or failure, being able to come back and uh, adjust and do all those type of things. It gives them the opportunity to be successful in life, in real life, you know, going forward. Yeah. Now, I want to bring somebody in here. Kyle Richardson, uh, who's a gazelle as he walks over much. here. But I want him <laughs> hey, to speak as a crushing the party. So, so Kyle actually runs it if alumni help. And, and I love you just to get, he's so good at this. Explain the, the, the importance of getting players. Sorry, Al, we're going to take you out of camera. No, no, here, I'm, here, I'm, I'm moving over. Yep. Kyle, sit where I am. This is like, this is like panel at the Tonight Show. Uh, we're moving over. Make sure you all right, We're talking Dr. about coaching and how much important and the importance of being there for the kids and the youth. Yep. Uh, you had a better leading question than I did. He knows the question. Take Well, Dr. Oz and our organization, NFL alumni, and the NFL alumni help in particular, we are actually proud here to be the, today on Radio Road. Dr. Oz has been gracious enough to partner with us. Healthy Core is a part of, of what he is doing and his passion, getting into high schools, talking about health and wellness. Our NFL alumni, Al Smith, is a president out of the Tennessee chapter and is a person that would be able to come in and partner with all of us, right? So, Dr. Oz, um, Healthy Core, layering in the opportunity that Tennessee chapter, like we were talking earlier, Al, we're, we're looking forward to coming so in. What are the challenges of getting players engaged in this process? There are thousands of players who have a lot to offer. They haven't been engaged. I think we're wasting the national resource. We are. From our perspective, Al's been a beacon of the community, he's been an ambassador, uh, and we're giving rise to that. So we organized our chapters, and we've said in our mission statement, Camp for Kids, Camp for Our Own. Well, I was part of a think tank early five years ago. A few other people have said, hey, how do you care for kids if you don't care for your own? So we flipped that and said, now we can actually go do a good mission statement. And now we have a partnership in, in youth, in sports, and this is what we know right out I mean, one of the, the big things, like you know, Kyle said, you know, obviously, you know, caring for own, caring for kids, and caring for the community. And this is a whole community effort as far as bringing this together. We talk about kids, sports, uh, youth sports, parents. I mean, that's your community, and, and, and filtering it into that, and building that, and taking it to a whole other level. The sense of community is a huge thing because, again, walking around, I'll be in a coffee shop, and somebody's like, "Where, where do I know you from?" And I, like an idiot, I'm like, "Oh, NFL Network." Like, no, that's not it. Like, oh, you coach the Red Lightning. I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. That is what I'm like most proud of. Oh, like, I love people, that. People the are coaches. done. Like, go you you that was my daughter and I after we won our title. Oh, that's awesome. See, you're a NFL Network. No, no, no. That is my daughter. She's a. Look at all the, the boys started. The boys started this. I'm doing both teams now, so I'm, I'm fully committed to doing it. I both ways, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I can already. Like, I, team, I, team, I brought him out to practice with them, and I'm all over him. Like, but, uh, and then the, okay, young lady, good job. Right? Well done. Like, they're doing both teams the same way. No, no, yeah. You hit on the coaching aspect, and actually, that's a theme that we've been we've been talking about. And Dr. Oz, you have said yourself, who's the most one of the most important people in, in your life. My football coach in high school, yeah. not college or anything else. And he was my first guest on my show because he was such a, a wonderful and sage advisor of how you deal with the person. Yeah. And if you're out the field with the wrong mantra, 
then it's going to have a downstream effect. I never thought about that. We don't realize the power we have over each other. It's true. But we're defined by the people in our lives. So be an uplifting person in other people's lives. Would you have new control completely? Yeah, one of my, uh, Coach Trichelle, who was my freshman basketball coach, one of my friends ran into him like last week and he texted me. He's like, Coach T's here. I'm like, tell him I think. You know, like, I still hold him in high regard because of a lot of the lessons that he taught, that he taught me. And uh, it's a big thing. And I, again, I talk about it way too much on this podcast. The comments will come through and be like, can you talk about the Bears now? It's like, no. The Bears. We're going to the Ditka event tonight. You are in the cigar party. Cigar party. Well, I'd love to have an Eagles fan. Jaws is part of it, too. What did you think about, can I ask an English question? What do you think about the meltdown at the end of the year? You know, I ran to Jeff Lurie uh, after this all went down. I I don't think anyone really knows. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I must say, as a doctor, I, I was looking for just a diagnosis. I mean, I felt terrible because they're my team. I don't think anyone really appreciates it. So I'll tell you, it turns something when we run the first Dr. Tush Bush in the playoffs and we did the score. It just was symbolic. It looked lackluster. It did. It's just like they knew, like it was just lackluster. They knew it wasn't going to work. Yeah. As opposed to knowing that it was going to work, which gets to the classic coaching adage, but you think you can and you can't, you're right. Right. All right. Well, listen, I want to thank you guys for stopping by. Hit us with the website one more time. How can people get involved? And again, if you, if you watch this show, you know how important this stuff is to me. Right. So I'll say these are two great groups that work with NFL alumni. So it's, it's healthcore.org if you want to have kids in your neighborhood get mentored by folks around the country, especially NFL alumni. And if you want to really do a lot of good for yourself and the NFL alumni go to iherb.com, I H E R B.com, and just use the NFL alumni code. You get 15% off everything, and the players get something as well. And the, and the website for the NFL alumni is NFL alumni.org and NFL alumni health.org. NFL alumni health. All right, be sure to check it out, gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here, and uh, enjoy the rest of your season. Get the NFL Thanks. network. Come on, Thanks. You're a coach. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good. Keep coaches here. My next guest needs no introduction, so I won't get him one. Because, <laughs> no, here's my thing, because you go back to the, the highs of the NFL Fantasy Live show. Yep. You're out there having so much fun. Yeah. you still working TV? What are you doing now? <laughs> yeah, you know what? What's happening? I, I've been trying to figure out my way through sports television. But, okay. uh, but no, man, you know, fantasy football, I, uh, you know, I got to give, you know, NFL Fantasy Live its, uh, its flowers because it helped to launch my career. Um, you know, before then, I was doing college football games. But once I got to the NFL Network and doing uh, the NFL Fantasy Live, the next year I was able to land the audition for American Ninja Warrior. And since then, things have been yeah. different. You know, uh, fast forward to now, the talk on CBS. Um, you know, then Fight to Survive on Roku. It's yeah. been it's been pretty special. It's one of those things that you got the American Ninja Warrior gig. Yeah, and then you called your agent, our yeah. agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like. Hey, can I get out of this NFL Network gig? Like, I don't, I'm, a, I'm a big star now. Well, you know, I'm going to have to sit here and be the foil to rank dumb jokes. Yeah. No, you know, for me, like, and, and just keeping it real, I saw a vision. I think you can appreciate this on the other side, um, just keeping it real. You know, for me, I felt like there was a cap on, uh, you know, how far I could go at the NFL Network because I didn't have a big playing career. You know, we would joke about my career and stuff like that and have fun with it. But I also, too, I felt like it was crippling. Whereas, you know, just like Brock Purdy, you know, people have what I call confirmation bias. They want to say, hey, he's quote unquote, Mr. Irrelevant, seventh round draft pick. 
so we can't validate his talent because where he was drafted. And I just think it's nonsensical. So, you know, to me, I knew that I had to break out into entertainment because I wouldn't be judged by my playing career. I'd be judged by my ability to do the job. And, again, bringing it to Brock Purdy, the guy has done the job. He's gotten his team all the way to the Super Bowl, and yet people still doubt and people still hate. Maybe he doesn't look like a superstar. Maybe he's not built like a superstar. But neither was Tom Brady. Well, he did have superstar looks, though. That, that, that he eventually. did. Hey, eventually. Eventually. Look at the early picture of Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot different picture nowadays. Yeah, so, but it's been, it's been cool, man. I learned so much in the you know seven, eight years that I had at the NFL Network working with you, man. Your comedic timing, the stuff that you're doing, the stuff that you're doing out with your podcast, it's uh, it's it's cool. You you yeah. upgraded going to Jerry O'Connor. There was like you, you made a definite. I was the guy that rode the on the minor league team. Like oh yeah, I remember there, there was this catcher in a ball that I remember. Now, I'm always gonna remember Adam Rank, man. No, no, nobody had your timing. Nobody did listening better to you because if anybody would call out some of my hyperbolic <laughs> stuff that I would do on air, it would be you. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, Adam, man, can you let me have my hyperbolic yeah, moment? I let you have Cecil shorts, and that was it. You remember? And then I tried to write. Hey, hey, listen, you had you had one hit the whole time. No, no, I had a couple. Ka- you were Kasha Gugu of yeah. NFL fantasy. No, no, two shots. No, I had some it. other. I had some other guys. I had Cecil Shorts and I had another one. That it was nobody... one of the quarterbacks from one of the Midwest schools that used to, or no, one of the, uh, not Mark no, Sanchez. No, it was somebody else no, that I had. Let's no, not bring up Mark Sanchez for anybody who was there that It was day. somebody else that I hit on, and people were like, yo, how did he know? And I was like, no, I'm going to. Yeah. Actually, one of the quarterbacks that still plays today, he played for one of the Mountain West schools. Oh, uh, it'll come to me. Yeah, it'll, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but anyways. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. As a matter of fact, we tried to get, I, tried, I wanted to get you, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, and they said, Akbar. Uh, he's too expensive. <laughs> no. I went. I said, "Hey, we want to redo one of our old bits, one of our old gags." And uh, I don't want to call the person out, but let's just say his name rhymes with Dave Frederick. He goes, <laughs> uh, "Akbar's too big of a star. Uh, we can't afford him." Oh like, man! I, I said I'd come out there for free, man, just to because right? somebody hit me up and I was like, "Yo, man, like, can you do it's a trap one more time?" And I was like, "You know what?" Let's just do it. Let's just do it. So I said, you know, what? I'm gonna come out there. So I hit you up. I said, let's do it's a trap, man. We'll figure out some way. We'll do a it's a trap thing again. That was yeah. always one of the most remarkable things. Yeah. The amount of effort, and I always told you this, yeah. is, and I, in a non-joking manner, like you're too good for this. Yeah, I, like yeah, I, I like, that. and I sincerely mean that. Like you Thank watch you. people, and you're like, you're gonna be a bigger star. It's like, like The Rock. Like when you saw The Rock as a professional wrestler, you're like, that guy's. Not going to be a professional wrestler forever because yeah. he's going to be able to do other things. But he is coming back. I know he is coming back for so, oh, for, maybe, for WrestleMania. So maybe at some point when I'm about to finish my story, you can come in and interrupt it. Like, oh, Akbar won't let me finish my story. Like the Rock. Like, oh, this I can't is... have my one thing. Just takes me in. back though. Like, uh, like nobody will call somebody out more than than you will. Yes, yeah. you're a big human being. Yeah. I know. I'm not afraid of you. Who do you think will win in a fight between yeah, you and I? 100. I'm dirtier. Okay, you're can you much, can, can you ask your listeners who they who think can, can you guys guy? please literally go in right now, I go have, into the to the X or to the Instagram and tell me yeah. who do you think would win? Because would win. yeah, I mean we could arm wrestle if you want. No, right? no, no. You know what? I actually am a little bit of tendonitis. Oh, I you was do? swinging some golf clubs over there. Oh, okay, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I might be playing on the tour soon, so 
I would I actually I almost needed you this year because David and Joku came after me and I'm like I don't have Akbar protecting me. I right talked now. to David yesterday. Did I saw him? Yeah, I saw. He told we me. He told me. He, yeah, he told me he squashed the beef. He was but like, he, but he said I still suck. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's totally fair. I saw that on David's uh, uh, on Twitter or something. I was like, yo, he called out Adam Rank. Yeah. I'm like, and I think I texted you. I was like, yo, man. You need me. Like, you I was like, man, if you need another Nigerian brother to get your back, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got you. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So what are you doing here? Obviously, uh, we see you all over the place. I love the talk. I yep. know that, um, you know, you guys are finally back up yep. in production. It's yep. so great. And I love Jerry O'Connell, yep. too. And I just love the chemistry that you guys have had. It makes me a little, like, I, I remember the good times. It makes me a little bit jealous because I, I enjoy watching you. What are you doing here at the Super Bowl? Yeah, you know, we are here today. It's the big game right around the corner. And so Experian went out and surveyed a bunch of people who were getting ready to watch the big game and realized that 30% of people don't have a financial game plan. And so I'm here as an advocate and with a partnership to help people improve their financial game plan. 80% of those people actually are looking towards raising their credit score. Food is expensive. Interest rates are high cost of living i mean when you start looking at all of that you start like man that adds up right you start thinking about that latte that you i know you like to drink with your oat milk right you know how do you know you I, got me hooked I, on I, that you got the oat milk latte those used to be five bucks when we worked together oh, yeah. now they're like 10 bucks and so you start thinking about what does that do to your credit card what does that do to then all of a sudden you're overspending and now all of a sudden you're round, mounting up debt well with experian experian has experian boost that they literally help to boost your credit score by taking care of the, your responsibility, the things that you're supposed to do, like paying for your streaming services, yeah. paying for your utility bills. You get credit for that. But they've created this ecosystem now with the Experian Smart Money digital checking account. Now, you see this here? This is my my Experian card right here. You can see that right here. Like, if Don't you want, show them the number. Is this live? Yeah, it's, it's not live. Somebody's going to see that. Uh, no, but anyways, look. The idea We're going is to the that, Tropicana. <laughs> like, the, the idea is, yeah, I, well, I, I mean, just set my sights higher. Uh, you know, okay. You know what? Go ahead. If you want to spend it, we'll boost your credit score. Okay. You know, but I mean, or you'll be boosting my credit score. But I, 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 this is live. Okay. Well, you can show it. It's okay. It's fine. You know, is this uh, a real number? <laughs> yes, it is. Look. He will do this. Yeah. He gave out his the number. Phone number. The I did. I gave out my phone number. Look, uh, you know what, man? When changed. I'm passionate about something, I'm I passionate about something. I'm telling you, Experian Boost is here to help. And so, with the Experian Smart Money Digital Checking Account, you can have all of that stuff kind of in one. It's embedded. The Experian Boost is embedded into that. And when you're spending money on things that qualify towards boosting your credit, you're getting credit for it. rather than have to go open up some credit line and run your credit and do all this other kind of yeah. stuff you can really move towards financial freedom and financial flexibility all right well you're doing great stuff who do you got for the game uh i know you're gonna love my score i know you're gonna love my team oh, no 94 to something it's no, gotta have 94 no, involved no this time it doesn't it's 28 21 easy the Kansas City Chiefs, man. Absolutely. You do have the Kansas City Chiefs 20, right? Okay. I like whoever, like there's somebody who started these rumors that the 49ers are favored to win. I'm like, in what world? In what reality? You're in you're in Vegas. Go look at one of the boards. Yeah, yeah, we'll I don't know. How, I don't know how to read them. Right. <laughs> we, we knew that all, a long time ago. But listen, I'm very proud of you. Thank I love you so, you so much. Love you too, man. Come here for the real thing. All right, man. This is Akbar. Uh, a blast from the past. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, and uh, keep doing the good work. All right, thanks. I appreciate it. I got my guy Kyle Yates here.
How are you doing? How are you enjoying Super Bowl week so far? Uh, this has been absolute mass chaos. Like, yeah. I, everyone's like, oh, prepare for Radio Row and the chaos. I, like, how do you prepare for this? Yeah. Like, is this I, your first time doing it? This is my it? first time doing this, too. Yeah. So, like, we've been here since Monday. We've been rolling. I'm exhausted already, and the week hasn't <laughs> really even, like, fully, fully kicked off. I mean, tomorrow is going to be absolutely insane, but absolutely enjoying this. This is a ridiculously wild atmosphere. Do you get starstruck by media personalities? Because I do. Like, I saw the Golics earlier. Uh, Chris Long's over there. I'm like, I freak out more about that than I do the actual players. Yeah, no, it's it's so funny. Like you spend so much of your time listening to these players, listening to these people, listening to the people in the media and all this sort of stuff. You feel like you know them, and yeah. then you see them in person. You're like, oh, you're actually not as tall as I thought yeah. you would be, or you're way shorter than I. You know, like. Well, you're actually tall. Like I was. That's a little. That was. That threw me off. Oh, you thought I was like five two. I really did. I I just assume that everybody who does fantasy is about five four. That's a- and you're like, yeah. It's a pretty safe assumption you'll hit more than more than not. Like, right? Like, yeah, yeah you're kind of like, oh, like, right. oh, like it's 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 almost off-putting. Yeah. I'm like, I, I go now. I, I now I don't know how I feel about you. I'm like, <laughs> ah, really liked you before, but now now he's too tall. Uh, you can't have the good looks and the tallness. Um, so obviously, one of the big things for us is like we love the Bears, and there's a quarterback situation going on. I think that you've had a pretty measured approach of what the Bears should do, but which way are you leaning? Like, what do you think the Bears, not what they, not a prediction, but what, what, what would you do if you're in, uh, if you're in Ryan, uh, Bowles position? Yeah. That's the million dollar question, right? Like the, yeah. the massive, and it's a great situation to be in, right. With that trade going back to Carolina, you know, that, that move that was made before the draft last year, no way did they anticipate that they would be holding the number one pick in this draft. And so I think that they were going all in and building around Justin Fields, which you were supposed to do. He had an absolutely abysmal supporting cast the year prior. Get DJ Moore in there. You get yeah. Darnell Wright for the offensive line. You start to see some signs of progress. Yet at the same time, there was the X factor of Luke Getze and the offensive scheme not really being willing to put these players into the best position to succeed. I think as you look at Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, the number one overall pick, I got a chance to sit down and actually watch Caleb Williams' tape, the All-22, sit down and watch that recently. I I don't see how, as much as Justin Fields has done for this franchise, I don't see how you can pass on Caleb Williams. Is that right? I I don't see how you can do it. Now, he needs a solid and stable structure around him to be able to succeed. He didn't really have that at USC, so he this like he played hero ball. It's true, like, but at the same time, the situation was so abysmal. The offensive line was absolutely horrific. So to keep them in games, he had to play hero ball. He had to yeah. go above and beyond and play outside of the structure because the structure sucks. So I think if you can get him in a solid, stable structure and give him time to develop, put some solid receiving weapons around him, there's a legitimate chance that Caleb Williams could be the best quarterback in the NFL up in there, up there in the conversation with Patrick Holmes within two to three years. Like yeah. that's how good the tape is. And when you look at what CJ Stroud was able to do last year, does that kind of help you make that decision? Because you don't want to be so quick to dismiss Justin right. Fields because of everything that was going on with the coaching. But at the same time, you're like, these other guys are being able to do that and having immediate success. Is that also going to your evaluation? A lot of conversations that I've been having this week with, you know, the former players and stuff like that is, coaching coaching matters like coaching matters a lot more than we give it credit for and obviously that seems like very obvious and redundant statement but at the same time i mean there are there's a varying level of coaching competency in the nfl if you have a bobby slowick in houston who is putting cj stroud when you look at the receiving weapons in houston nico collins he's good he's not a top 10 wide receiver not andre johnson right tank dell like he came out of nowhere but he's not 
you know, an elite receiver by any stretch of the imagination. And you had Brevin Jordan and like these other receiving weapons, and they were still getting the job done because he was catering to the strengths of CJ Stroud, making him comfortable, putting him in the best positions to succeed. And so that matters immensely. And I think if you can, I want to see Justin in a spot where he gets that. Yeah. Because he hasn't gotten that through the first several years of his career. Yeah, that's one of the things, too, is I always look at this as, like, the good problem to have. I understand the science on both sides of it, you know, why they would want to move on or why they wouldn't want to move on. I'm still – I still lean toward it because I still have that fan pull in me of, like, right. so much invested in Justin Fields, so excited when he was drafted. I'm like, I would hate to throw that away. Like, it's like a breakup in a way. I know. Like, yeah. Oh, we got to break up, but sometimes maybe you got to make a move. What are some of the other things, though, because – Regardless of what happens at the quarterback position, they still have the ninth overall right. pick. What do you think is the most important thing there? Are they going to go best best player available, or will they attack the edge, the line, maybe a wide receiver? I, I do think best player available is always the right approach in the NFL draft, right? If yeah. you can go into that, and especially with this surplus pick, right, at, yeah. uh, at number nine, because you're going to count number one to get yourself a quarterback. But I think at number nine, to use that to get a best player available – Free agency is going to be a huge part to set themselves up to succeed yeah. and to be able to do that. If you can go out there and you can get, I mean, if T. Higgins hits the open market, like DJ Moore, T. Higgins, you've got a ton of cap space. Yeah. Like, now you're talking about two dynamic wide receivers with Caleb Williams. Then you get Cole Komet at the tight end position, and now suddenly you're building and you've got a really solid structure. Like Then you're in that position to best player available at number nine, go offensive line, go, you know, maybe you move Braxton Jones inside, you go a left tackle. If one of those guys is still there, there's plenty of options available. A number two speed rusher opposite of Montez sweat, right. On yeah. the defensive side of the ball, there's options, but I think right now best player available and go into free agency and say, we're going to try to plug all the holes that we possibly can to put ourselves into that situation where we can take the best player available. Yeah. That is one of the things too, is that free agency is going to be able to tell a lot of things. Like, hey, like you said, if we sign T. Higgins, like, yeah, probably not drafting a wide receiver. Right. And I think, was it Joe Alt yep. who's available? I like, that's a guy. I'm sounding like Collinsworth. Here's a guy <laughs> that, like, I really have been watching him. I'm like, oh, God. And I, I like Braxton Jones. I think yep. Braxton Jones is a good player. But, yep. like, I don't know. He's very – Braxton Jones is very athletic yep. and would be able to play guard. But I, I don't know. Like, looking at Alt, I'm like, that's a pretty nice spot. Yeah, I mean, to, to go back-to-back -back years with top 10 picks of investing in the offensive line, like, yeah. you're doing what you're setting Caleb Williams, if he is the pick at number one, you're setting him up to succeed the way that you didn't with – the previous regime didn't with Justin Fields, what Ryan Poles is trying to do. The only part of that is, like, Ryan Poles has been able to find some very, very – Braxton Jones has been able to find some very, very talented offensive linemen deep in the NFL draft. So yeah. do you still – do you go back-to-back -back top 10 picks on offensive linemen? But – the thought of a Joe Alt and Darnell Wright or Olu Fashanu, the offensive tackle out of Penn State, and and uh, and Darnell Wright, like that's a scary, scary thought there. And that's the situation that Caleb Williams needs to succeed. Yeah, that would be amazing. Other Bears things going on this week. Devin Hester is up for the Hall of Fame. Steve McMichael is up for the Hall of Fame. What's your gut feel? Do you think either one of those guys get in? I think I think Hester. It'd be so fun. It'd be so fun to yeah. see Hester get get in. It's one of those things like. There are so many talented players every single year that are eligible for the Hall of Fame. So it's like, and there are snubs. We, you know, we yeah. do content off of it. Like there are Hall of Fame snubs that uh, should have gotten in this round, but didn't just because of the strength of the other 
you know, players that were in that Hall of Fame class. So I would absolutely love to see Devin Hester, Steve McMichael, obviously um, would be fantastic to be to put in. I, yeah, Hester, though, I feel like should. I think, it's, I think yeah, I think it's they let him wait a couple of years. I think now it's the time to be like, look, he should go in there. He should be a part of this. Yep. He was such a game changer. Yep. Like, that is the whole thing. Like, are you the best at your position? Right. And I think a lot of people lose sight of that. Because I was talking about Patrick Willis the other day. I'm like, that guy played eight years. Yeah. But he was a five-time, hey, he was a five-time, uh, again, like starstruck <laughs> with dudes walking by. Kenny Mayne just walked by, and you're like, holy shit. Like, that is amazing. Like, that kind of stuff. I, it still stops me in my tracks. Um, and he was a UNLV guy, so this has got to be big for him. Yeah. But I forget about oh, Patrick Willis. Played eight years. He was a first-team All-Pro five times. He was a second-team All-Pro the other year. He was a Defensive Player of the Year. Like, people get weird about, like, well, if you let – what about London French? I'm like, okay, right. first of all, no. But also, like, don't do that – like, judge the guy on his merit. Because right. with Devin Hester, like, well, what about Dante? I'm like, well, the, the Dante Hall's – his conversation comes up later. Yeah. It's like when it's somebody's birthday, you don't walk up and you're like, well, what about my birthday? Right. <laughs> you know, my birthday's in December. Like, no, you're like, we'll celebrate the person uh, who's there right now. So you're here with the uh, Pro Football Network. Yep. What are you guys doing here at Radio Road this week? Where can everybody find you? Yeah. Pro, uh, PFN 365 is where we're going to be pushing all the interviews and everything that we're doing. We did an interview earlier with Burt Kreischer, which was just no absolutely way. fantastic. It was an awesome interview. Uh, I interviewed Sean Get Merriman yesterday. On. He did keep his shirt okay, on, which we appreciated. Uh, I interviewed Sean Merriman yesterday, Mark Ingram earlier today. We've got Kurt Warner on the show tomorrow. So oh, like, nice. just, we're having some awesome conversations covering football, uh, you know, as in-depth as we possibly can and bringing it to the people. So PFN 365 on social media and then ProFootballNetwork.com. All right. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. I'll see you in our fantasy draft. Josh Norris, by the way, is so upset that our fantasy has divisions. And I'm like, bro, we're playing. Like, it's a fun league. I do like. You know there, do you know there's like eight? nine of us from the league here out of the 12 yeah. like let's have a quorum we, and yep. let's vote on this yep. i'm gonna make i want to go over we'll go to a bar yep we'll go to batista's hole in the wall yep. we'll get some wine and then i'll make my pitch of how these division rivalries are what keep me invested because bob golick and i have this rivalry going and if we broke up that division it would never be the same there we go that's my pitch but you got to go do some stuff yep. thanks for stopping it. by yep get out of here all right i'm gonna there go. he goes the great kyle yates and that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. <laughs>